This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 50 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Justin Jamison, who is our incoming president for Sydney. Welcome. Hi, Brendan. Great to be here. Thanks for coming on the show uh, today. So um, that's a big role, isn't it, taking it on? You, you, From our last chat, you said you'd been really, really busy with lots of things on, even though you're not officially president yet. Well, it's a bit like becoming moderator of a chapter. A lot of the um, a lot of the effort actually in working out, you know, what you want to do. So uh, it's it's quite similar actually. And and so, what sort of things have you been doing? Uh, two main things. The first is uh, just lining up with the other incoming presidents across Australia and New Zealand to make sure that we're all sort of pulling in the same direction. Um, and the second thing is working with the incoming board. We've been working on our strategy for the year ahead. So we had our strategy day about two weeks ago with the board and the leadership team, uh, around about 25 of us, um, just just setting priorities for the year ahead. I'm, I'm assuming that was all done remotely. It was done mainly by Zoom. The board, um, uh, the board were able to meet face-to-face. Um, and then we had the leadership team on Zoom. And so what's, I mean, has there been a lot of uh, change with, um, a lot of change with EO coming up in the next 12 months? I mean, how has COVID affected everything? Yeah, look, Brendan, it's been, um, it's been a massive period of change uh, over the last six months and, and probably going forward because of COVID. So as you know, we've had to go entirely virtual and that happened within about, two weeks Um, and so it's been a huge effort by the team to stand it up and and now as we look forward you know we're not entirely sure how quickly um, real life events will come back Uh, we're not sure how if there's going to be a a sort of a deep um, depression we're not sure about you know how financially viable members are going to be and so the mix of support we need to provide so really the number one you know, sort of watchword for the year ahead is flexibility yep. um, and responding to the, you know, to the changing environment post-COVID. Have we got a feel on, like, or have you got a feel on how it has affected membership? I've, I've yeah, rejoined, look, by the so, way. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm glad to yeah. hear it. <laughs> no, look, we've got a pretty good feel. We knew that it was different for everybody just because of feedback we're getting. And that, that's why we set renewals to, you know, sort of choose your own journey that's appropriate for you because everyone's being impacted differently. Um, but look, well over half of members um, have gone for, you know, option two, which sort of implies that they've been impacted but not severely impacted. Um, but probably around about a third of members have been severely impacted um, and so providing the maximum uh, level of support yeah, to them, e- either, um, you know, either providing them a deep discount on local fees or with a, a number of members were waiving their local fees altogether where their businesses really have been smashed. So it's a real mix, actually, and, and probably around 20% or so of members are actually um, doing better than ever 
um, yep. during the COVID period. It's a complete mix across the board. Yeah, 100%. And so how does that feed into, like, did you have a plan of what you wanted to do and have you had to adapt <laughs> that um, because of everything that's happened this, this year so far? Yeah, I, I have um, and I have. Uh, so, look, I mean, maybe if you just take a step back, I mean, my my sort of EO journey um, has evolved over the years. I've been a member for for um, just coming up for nine years, um, you know, and initially um, I think the focus for me was on learning and that kind of evolved into, you know, really looking at personal improvement. And then I've been on the leadership journey, which has been really rewarding. Um, but where I've ended up in terms of my relationship with EO has, has been – around what it can deliver in terms of, you know, community and being with like-minded individuals. Um, you know, and I think for most of us that would resonate. Forum is a community and, and the chapter, you know, is an amazingly strong community. But for a lot of members, it ends there. It sort of ends at the chapter. Um, and from quite early on, you know, I started going to regional events and global events, a few universities and uh, and then some sort of GLCs and re regional leadership academies. And it just struck me um, what a shame it was that I had to travel to, you know, places like New York or Mexico City to meet these amazing Australian and Kiwi Yeah, yeah right. So, okay. <laughs> so, so, look, I had this um, plan to really try and um, extend the level of cooperation, integration and exposure between the different Australian New Zealand uh, chapters, the six chapters in total, five in Oz and the New Zealand chapter. Um, and of course, I was going to looking at things like joint events and so on. And then when COVID hit, I thought, well, that's, you know, that's all kiboshed. It's not going to happen. Um, but then, of course, we switched to virtual. Um, and I suddenly realized that, you know, virtual is an amazing channel to bring the EO community together outside of the chapter. And so my sort of real focus for the year is going to be helping members to look beyond the chapter in terms of the EO community and trying to really foster a sense of, you know, identity and belonging across the Australian New Zealand chapters in particular. So that's across learning events and we've already stood up the, the South Pacific learning calendar. Um, you know, we had Rocket Man, and we've uh, got Canva, and then we've got uh, Rob Jury coming up for zero. So real kind of heavy hitters. Um, but then I'm keen to take it beyond learning and create opportunities for forums to connect um, virtually, or maybe even physically at joint retreats, and uh, help members to connect. You know, against again, whether it's across platforms or um, just. The one-on-ones have been really successful, but looking to maybe extend one-on-ones to be across chapters. You know, I'd love it if, I'd love it if in June, in a year's time, you know, every Sydney member would have had at least one, you know, meaningful interaction with a with a member some, from somewhere else in Australia or New Zealand. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think most members get involved with EO to some degree because they want to expand their network. So this completely makes sense that. You know, it's just more opportunity, more um, bigger network, more ways of thinking uh, from different people, and that's a great idea. Well, I, and the network is, you know, the network is unbelievable, but, uh, you know, historically um, 
it has operated you know has operated a bit like these city states yep. you know and uh, every even up to and including the boards you know a lot of it's quite introspective you know whether it's learning or you know for, from whatever it is um and i just think that whilst we want to keep the best of what it means to be part of eo sydney and our amazing events and our amazing community you know that we can kind of we can reach out and um, you know, collaborate and cooperate more. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, some of the initiatives like, you know, um, Francisca's sustainability initiative. These types of initiatives, they should really be Australia wide. You know, not not just city by city. So I think there's there's so much opportunity to uh, to do more together. Yep. Hundred percent. And we've, I guess, we can we can also announce that we're looking to expand the podcast now on, in in the same vein to interview other members around the country and over in new zealand as well that's right brendan you've, you've become part of the uh, of the beyond chapter strategy <laughs> well you you certainly uh you know got my creative juices flowing i've gone out and bought a, a new podcast mic so <laughs> didn't need too much encouragement i went oh, i have to i need this now mm. because i'm going to be doing it all via skype so i need a new setup well and i think um a lot of you know, a lot of members have said to me, we've been, Mark and I have been going around all the forums to sort of do, just do check-ins and see how people are going. And, um, you know, lots of people have said they can't wait to get back to real life events. And so, you know, we'll be, we'll be restarting them as soon as possible. Um, but quite a big chunk of members have either said, you know what, it's been amazing to be virtual because I found it really hard to attend events because of travel time or, you know, work commitments or family commitments. So it's it's been amazing to be able to um, participate. Uh, and and other members have said, gee, I didn't know how much there was out there. I've been listening to these stories of, of Melbourne members or I've been, you know, joining into Manila events. Um, and, and so I think it's sort of opened a lot of members' eyes to, you know, to the broader um, power of EO. Um, but it's all been, you know, until this point, it's all been quite informal, really, a lot of the uh, connections that people have made. Uh, and I think, you know, the year ahead, the, the boards across all the different, you know, regional chapters, you know, want to work together to open that up a bit, I hope. And so I didn't even think of that, but so are you saying that at the moment you can actually go to any chapter around the world and tap into their online events? That's right. Most chapters have opened up their events to um, all members. So, um, Oh, that's amazing. There's a, on the EO website, um, there's, a, there's a page where you can go and get not – you can't see all events there, but you can certainly see a lot of the regional ones curated by Tash. Um, and then if you go onto the – the EO um, Slack. There's actually a channel on there where um, it's for it's for events and uh, learning um, chairs from all over the world pay, post links to their events in there. So there's some, yeah. some, some real gold in there. Um, yeah, you could be accessing some amazing uh, speakers and talent of, and people that have done stuff. Well, that's right. Or you can, or if you jump on the EO website and go to any chapter, you can still see their learning um, calendar. So. It's it's more it's still more informal than I'd like. You know, the the more you hunt, um, the more you can the more you can find. Um, but mm. but yes, you know, I've um, I've attended a few incredible um, Southeast Asia events actually. You know, one Manila event with the um, the the um, gentleman who was part of a 
rugby team that that crashed in the Andes 30 years ago, and they oh, survived wow. for three weeks with no food. That was, that, that was a movie, wasn't it? We was turned into a movie, yes. And uh, yeah. th- there would yeah. have been 200 people on the Zoom for that, including lots of Australians and Kiwis. And then I wonder if all these, um, are they recorded so you can watch them afterwards? Yes, some are. And uh, the ones that are, um, there's links to from the website as well. Some aren't because um, I think speakers will be more candid if they know they're not being recorded. Uh, But certainly quite a significant chunk of them are. Um, And the other thing we've done with virtual is we've been able to sort of build up some resource which we can open up to potential members um, so they, they can get more of an idea before they join yep. about the, uh, you know, the types of um, learnings they can get as a member. Well, as I like to say to people, there's always opportunities if you're happy to look for them. <laughs> so even, you know, when all this bad, you think that things, you ha- unwanted things happen, but there's always, um, there's always a silver lining, really. Well, and some of the stories of, of you know, of members who've pivoted their businesses, um, you know, have been really inspiring. Um, you know, I drew the, the, the yeah. Melbourne, I'm not sure if they were recorded actually, but the uh, you know, Melbourne did a series where they featured 12 of their members and how they were responding to COVID and just fantastic stories there. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, look, that's probably a great segue for us, JJ, to go into your business and what you do because, um, you know, a lot of people know you as the incoming president, but we might not know much about what you actually do in, in real life. So tell us about Venture Consulting. Well, Venture Consulting's 10 years old. Um, I was a career management consultant before, uh, before starting Venture. Um, I was with Booz Allen. Yeah, Booz Allen, which is a big global firm that sadly doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and then a boutique out of London that was, <laughs> yeah, that was the, de- the death knell. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so with a boutique, which had been started by um, uh, my old boss, actually, and I ended up, I ended up as, uh, you know, a very small shareholder in that when, when we sold it. But it was run very much as, a, as an entrepreneurial company, and it was, it was a small private company that grew to be 100 strong. Um, so when we sold that business, um, by then I'd moved from London to Singapore to Sydney, um, I wasn't really sort of keen to work with the buyers uh, who were sort of a big Italian company. Um, and so that's when I set up Venture. So look, we're a, we're a strategy consulting firm. We're boutique. We're 12 people. Um, we focus on media, um, telecoms and, and technology. Um, and we, re- we help companies, um, we help companies to, to grow. Um, so we do a lot of strategy work and business planning work. Um, you know, helping them with uh, uh, mergers and acquisitions and, uh, you know, um, special projects and joint ventures. But it's, it's sort of like a mini McKinsey serving telco media and tech in Australia and New Zealand. So that decision to say like a small business with 12 people, is that did that come out of your experiences of working with bigger companies? Like has it, has it, been, has it been planned or is it just something that's kind of – found its own natural level yes it's a really interesting question sort of planned after the fact i suppose because on joining eo you know my plan was that this is a company i can you know double and and quadruple um and uh, you know there's always a strong um presumption for growth within eo 
but I came to realize as I uh, went through, you know, various, um, various sort of efforts to grow the company that, you know, each time I grew, I was just taking on uh, more risk in the form of fixed costs. You know, my, my team are super expensive um, mm. individuals and, and the senior ones are, are really expensive. And so I worked out I was taking a lot more risk, you know, without getting a huge amount of return, especially given it's not easy to sell a professional services business. So, so where I got to was that we're a comfortable size. Um, and so my, um, the, the way I think about, you know, my firm is, you know, it delivers, I, I love what I do. So I have a, I have a, I look forward to going to work each day. Um, and it creates amazing, you know, opportunities for my team who I train up and, you know, they, they go on and do amazing things with startups and venture uh, capital companies and as, as strategy officers within, you know, large companies. Um, but really, rather than growing the company as, as an end in itself, you know, I've been focusing more on the company generating cash um, and using that to, you know, sort of fund other initiatives. So we've started a, a second business, which is a, um, a uh, research and insights business, which is a subscription business. So we, we publish about 100 reports a year. Um, and then other than that, looking at uh, – um, more looking at investments outside of the company, sort of trying to take some eggs out of the basket rather than being uh, having a single point of failure there. So, so do you ever invest in the people that you advise? Is it that a yeah, bit we like do. the uh, the Malcolm Turnbull model? I I, I wish, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, but look, certainly uh, we do. We um, most of our work is with you know the big companies like the Telstra's and MBNs and and uh, sevens and nines and so on. Um, but we do work with um, high growth businesses as well, which is one thing that sort of sets us apart from our you know our kind of big blue chip competitors. Um, and uh, with those guys, we, uh, yeah, look, we will do a mixture of um, fees and equity if, um, you know, if we believe in the company and the, uh, and the clients up for that. So we've actually, uh, I've actually set up a, um, uh, a, a, um, a trust. And if you're an employee of uh, venture, then you're a beneficiary of, of the trust. Um, and any equity stakes we take, you know, go into that trust and, you um, you know, I've committed to the team that uh, if, if and when we have um, uh, any kind of um, liquidity events, event. that, yeah, yep. liquidity events. That's right. That that there'll be a share that goes to the a fixed share that goes to the team. So, I'd oh, love to do more of it, to be honest, Brendan. But it's uh, it's uh, you know um, successful um, you know entrepreneurs are sort of often loath to part with their equity. So uh, trying to get yeah. that model right is is definitely a goal going forward. Uh, and, and what happens when someone leaves or have, 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 has no one left? No, the way I've set that up is, uh, is when you leave, you, you basically award points um, every July to people who are there just based, yep. on, um, just based on seniority, nothing else. Um, so you build, up, you build up points over time and there's a total pool of points and that tells you what your share is of any distribution. And then if you leave, the points basically then um, they decline down over three or four years. So figured it would be um, you know, unfair if somebody was with the firm for four years and then the day after they left, 
you know, there was a big return. So, so you're, you kind of, you sort of have a trail, but it declines over time. And have you found that this strategy does lock in your talent? I don't think there's not enough equity in the pool yet um, to make it um, super interesting for the team. So mm. it's, it's a structure that's set up that has the potential to do that. Um, at the moment, um, uh, really, it's, it's are, they still, are they still learning and developing as individuals and are we doing interesting work? I would say they're the two things that keep people tied in. You know, and when we have, um, you know, if we have periods where we're, where we're quieter um, or the opposite then where we're so busy, it, it's really hard for them to do personal development. Um, that's when we struggle with retention. But, um, and is so, a team, like how do you get into something like this? Do you recruit people that have been working for um, bigger management consultancy companies or do you recruit people out of uni or, or is it a mix? Yeah, a mix of the both. So we typically hire um, a couple of grads each year. Um, we get really, really, uh, you know, good people, high ATARs. You know, we're competing with, um, well, I mean, the, the McKinsey's and the investment banks and so on. So, and people come to us because, you know, maybe they want to work somewhere where they've got, they're going to have more responsibility and more exposure to, to clients. Um, you know, they, they like this sort of idea of telco media and tech. So we get really, really good grads. Um, and they typically stay with us for two to five years. Yeah. Um, and then our alumni, are, they're doing it. They're incredible. Um, and then we supplement that with um, point hires, typically, like you say, from, you know, the other consulting firms, you know, people who are maybe want to step out of the rat race a little bit and have more of a um, more of a sort of independent experience within within a. Uh, more of a sort of flexible entrepreneurial type company. Oh, um, sounds sounds really cool. We have yeah, we have good fun. <laughs> it's uh, it can, some of the projects we do can be uh, you know can be fairly uh, sort of esoteric or intellectual, but um, no, it's fantastic. I mean, we're, we're doing you know we're doing work at the moment where um, we've been hired by the government to uh, you know provide input into to sort of. COVID-related policymaking. So that's that's, oh, that's um, fantastically exciting. Yeah, really good fun. Amazing. Okay, well, look, we're going to wrap up now with five short questions. Uh, first one, how old are you? I am 49 and 11 months. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, second question is, uh, what do you like to do to keep fit? Uh, I do a mixture of um, cycling, road bike, and running. And uh, how many hours sleep are you getting each night? I'm getting around about seven and a half, which is consciously up since January this year, and I'm feeling much better for it. And do you have any personal goals you're looking to achieve in the next 12 months? My main, um, you know, personal goal for the next um, 12 months is, is, you probably won't be surprised to hear, is to, Try and do a good job as president, and um, uh, you know, leave the chapter in a, is as good a place, if not better, from from where I found it. Excellent. And then, if you could be remembered for one thing in business, what would that be? To have unlocked um, people's careers for people to look back and say, "I got my, you know, I got my start with Justin." Oh, that's brilliant. 
<laughs> now, if people want to connect with you, Justin, how um, how can they find out a little bit more about venture consulting? Uh, you can Google us. It's, it's the best way, ventureconsulting.com. Um, gives you good background, um, lots of material on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, anybody um, can reach out to me um, anytime. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy to get um, personal connections from members, not not, not business-related, but actually um, sort of EO-related as well. So anybody should feel free to contact me. Um, so open-door policy. Open-door policy, yeah, justin.jameson at ventureconsulting.com. That's brilliant. Okay, JJ, thanks very much for coming on the show today. Hey, Brendan, thanks for having me.